just real quick, um, Terry and Carrie have been so faithful in the state of Indiana. They have had incredible ministry at different churches in our state. Uh, Terry, like many of you in the pews, if there's a job that nobody else would fill, Brother Terry would fill it. <laughs> and so he understands how that works as well. But one of my favorite things about Terry that I've been around is whenever I'm around him, he is a man of prayer, literally. And I love being around people that are like that. And he has no problem falling on his knees or even falling on his face to seek the Lord. And I love to be around him for that. He's a very gifted man. And he's uh, switched to a, a new ministry, kind of a ministry of restoration. And if he wants to share a little bit of that, he can. He's going to share with our board a little bit later about the things he's doing with that. But he's also just a very clear uh, and direct uh, speaker of the word of the Lord. So, Brother Terry, we're going to ask you to come today and to give what the Lord has laid on your heart. Thank you so much for coming. Testing. Thank you. That sounds pretty good. So um, thank you for the invitation to be here. And uh, I've enjoyed just our time already here. Uh, enjoyed Sunday school, just getting into God's word and how we can grow in God's word. I've enjoyed the worship this morning. I've enjoyed the time of prayer as Travis was praying and just the heart of a pastor. He's calling all your names, all these requests out to the Lord. And um, that blessed me today because sometimes as, as you get older, some of us are getting older, right? All of us are getting older. Sometimes we forget, uh, but these, these requests, these needs, uh, they're part of him, him and Wendy, and that it was on his heart. So I uh, just, I've enjoyed it. I love, I love coming together to worship the Lord. The Lord is good. Can I hear an amen? Uh, and the Lord is good all the time. But, uh, and I sense the presence of the Lord is here. He is here. There's some places I go in that it's not this way. But the Lord is here. His word's being taught. You worship the Lord. God wants to do something. I believe that. And uh, one of the verses I've looked at this week, because sometimes we get weary, we get faint, we get tired. Sometimes we struggle. But he says this, and we have to focus on his word, focus on what he says. He says, let's not be weary. And well doing. What's not? Church. And there's times that he, the Holy Spirit and through his word, he bumps us. Okay, try this. Stay within the book. Always stay within the book, but maybe try this approach when it comes to reaching people, when it comes to having revival. Maybe try this when it comes to prayer. But, um, you know, Stay within the book, and uh, but don't be don't be weary. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. 
because we know in due season we're going to reap. And I go and we, we talked about this and I'll get into the text here in just a few minutes. Okay. So is it all right if I talk for a little while? Sometimes I ask for permission, but it's like, I'm going to do it anyways. Because one good thing about going from place to place, I, I don't have to get invited back. So um, my wife, Carrie and I were talking. I'm glad that she's with me. This I'm glad she's with me all the time. Okay. And uh, she is such a blessing to me and I love her. She loves the Lord. She loves the Lord more than she loves me. And that's how things work. So, and, uh, and I appreciate her so much, but we were talking about the seasons and how that, you know, uh, Indiana, we have the four seasons and I enjoy fall. That might be my favorite, but we were talking about spring, how we're planning things in the spring and in the fall, as we get closer to fall, we're harvesting things. Sometimes I'm not very patient. She's a man of me right now. She's shaking her head. Yes, that's right. You're not very patient. That those seeds that we've planted, we want them to produce for like right now. That doesn't always happen. But what are we responsible for doing? You just keep planting. You keep planting. You keep praying. You keep loving. You keep worshiping the Lord. You keep loving each other. You keep sharing the gospel. And we are promised from the Lord of the harvest that we will reap a harvest one day. So what a promise. Let's look at First Chronicles chapter 4. First Chronicles chapter 4. This is a, a familiar passage. You know, I, I want to preach this morning on prayer and praying some big prayers. Why should we pray big prayers? Because we have a big God. So, and sometimes it, we can limit God by our prayers, but in saying that, we can't limit God because God can do whatever he wants to. But is he allowed to do what he wants to in our life? Now, we understand that he's sovereign and he has all power. But are we allowing him to take control of every area of our life? And we see here in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, we're introduced to a man named Jabez. Now, the beginning of his life, it didn't start very well. And sometimes we look at our life and it's like we see how that our past, we look at our past or we look at how our life started or we look at some of the things that have happened to us and we allow those things to, to discourage us, to defeat us, instead of to define us and develop us into who God wants us to be. So Jabez, when he was born, his name is Jabez because here's what Scripture says. He was born in sorrow. Notice what the passage says here in verse, verse 9. He was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him 
with sorrow. Not too promising of a start when it comes to life. You know, we think about what our names mean. But let me just say today that he didn't stay there. He didn't let his name define who he became. As we've heard some people say this, and, and I've heard people say this, well, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. Why are we under the circumstances? If Christ is living inside of us, we should not be under the circumstances. We should be above the circumstances. So we see his life, and there's sorrow in his life. There's brokenness in his life. No doubt discouragement in his life. And we've all known things like that, right? We've all experienced that. As I hear some of the testimonies today, and it's like we've all experienced grief and sorrow and brokenness. But his life didn't stay that way. So what did he do? He called on the God of Israel. So what do we do when our life is not what we want it to be or what we thought it should be? Well, let me just say the best thing for us to do today is to call on the God of Israel. And first of all, we, we see the direction of his prayer. Jabez called on the God of Israel. So we can talk to other people about our situations and our difficulties and our problems because that's one thing we all have. We all have problems, right? And some of us have more than others, but here's what he did. Instead of talking to others about it, he called on the God of Israel. Well, we think about who the God of Israel is. He's the God that knows everything. He's the God that is all-powerful. He is the God that is all present. He's the God that's alive. He's the God that hears. He's the God that sees. And he's the God that speaks. That's who he called out to today. And let me say, I'm just so thankful today that we can call out to that all-knowing God. We can call out to that all-powerful God. We can call out to the all-present God. We can call out to God because he's alive. He hears. He sees and he speaks. I am thankful today that we can call out to God. We see the direction of his prayer. Is there anything too hard for God? Absolutely nothing. To think about that when we gather, that we are speaking to the creator of everything that we see and even the things that we don't see. That, that we, we have that that opportunity every day to be able to talk to him. So we see the, the, the direction of his prayer. He called out to the God of Israel. But notice what it says here. Not only do we see the direction of his prayer, but we see the desire of his prayer. We see the desire of his prayer. Now notice, notice his prayer his desire. And as we, as we speak to God, knowing that he's all-knowing, he's all-present, he's all-powerful, knowing that there's, there's absolutely nothing that he can't do, 
what would you ask for? It, it amazes me in Scripture how that Jesus, he would ask someone that's blind, what do you want me to do for you? Well, he wants us to communicate with him what we want him to do for us. There's times that it's like we would like for him to do something, but do we, do we ask? We see the desire of his prayer. Here's what he says. First of all, he says, would you bless me indeed? And I've, I've looked at this this week, and I've prayed through this, and I asked God to give me what I needed to share this morning. And then God revealed some things to me fresh this week, some, some new things. Now, we might think, well, that's a selfish prayer. It's not, because he left it up to God. God, would you bless me? He might not be talking about financial blessings or physical blessings. I think he's referring to spiritual blessings. We do know God's able to bless us physically, right? We know God's able to bless us financially, and hopefully we'll honor him with what he gives us. But he left it up to God. God, however you want to bless me, but my desire is that you will bless me and bless me indeed. Well, how does he bless us today? Matthew chapter 5, as Jesus is teaching his disciples how to be blessed, we call it the Beatitudes, but Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus is preaching this great sermon to his followers. And he tells them how to be blessed. Now, the world they don't look at Matthew chapter 5 and say, that's, not, that's the way to be blessed. They don't think blessings come from mourning or from weeping or from persecution. But Jesus said this, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So to be blessed today, to be blessed today, you will be blessed today when you, when you have a thirst for him. You will be blessed today when you hunger for him. And when I say just thirst for him and hunger for him, that's when you seek and pursue him more than anything else. When you get to that point in your life that I want to spend time with Jesus more than anyone or anything else. I want to spend my time with him. So he's praying this prayer, will you bless me and will you bless me indeed? Let me just say, church, we can be blessed when we seek him, when we pursue him, when we hunger and thirst for him, because here's what the word of God says, when we seek his righteousness, we will, when we want to be filled with his righteousness, here's what he'll do. He says, I will fill you. I will fill you. To me, that's being blessed. That, that is being blessed, and we're overflowing with the blessings of God. So the desire of his prayer, will, will you bless me, and will you bless me? Indeed. There's nothing wrong with us praying that prayer. I believe we should pray that prayer. Well, how many disciples did Jesus have? Less than the people that are here this morning. Right? 
hey, I'm thankful for what God's doing in this group here and what God wants to do with us. Amen? And how God wants to bless us with spiritual blessings. And then he says this, not only will you bless me indeed, but will you enlarge my coast? We enlarge my territory. Well, what's he saying? He's saying, I want you to bless me, but I want you to give me more. I believe that's what he's saying. We talked about this in Sunday school class. So when I go to Sunday school, and I, I just sometimes it comes into my sermons, but give me more opportunities. That's what he's saying. Give me more opportunities to share the gospel. That's, that's his prayer. That would be our prayer. Give me, give me more open doors. Give me more open doors. Give me more people that I can, I can share the gospel with. Give me more people that I can, I can encourage. And I've been pray, praying this prayer. Lord, give me more places that I can go, more pastors and pastors' wives that we can encourage because the ministry God's called us to is, is to see pastors refreshed and see their families refreshed and to see God rekindle the flame of revival in our churches because I believe this. God's not changed. In Malachi, uh, I'm the Lord. I change not. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changed. So bless me and bless me indeed, but enlarge, enlarge my coast, enlarge my territory. Give me more, more influence, more opportunities, more people to minister to, more people to encourage. Give me more. Well, well how does he do that? We pray that prayer, but I think he gives us the answer in John chapter 15. John chapter 15 is is the parable that he teaches right before Jesus goes to the cross. We understand that he's with his disciples. Uh, and, and just the last several hours, you start reading John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. If this is before he goes to the cross. And he, he gives them the great parable about this. And he says, I'm the true vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me, shall bear fruit. Talks about that. And then he tells them this. Without me, you can do absolutely nothing. But he talks about in John chapter 15, he says, my, my prayer for you, I mean, this is his desire for him, is that you'll bear fruit. And then he says, not only fruit, but he talks about more fruit. But he just doesn't talk about fruit and more fruit, but he talks about much fruit. Notice what he says in John chapter 15, verse 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me, and that word abideth means to, to just be at home, to remain to continue, to just stay connected, connected. Do you remember when all of our online service, we had to be connected? <laughs> what was Wi-Fi, right? What was, just stay connected, stay online. 
So that's what it means to abide. He said, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Much fruit. And he says, for without me, you can do nothing. So when we ask him to enlarge our coast, enlarge our territory, sometimes we think it's about doing more for him. Okay? Are you with me? I believe it gets back to being more with him. Yes, he wants us to serve him. He wants us to follow him. But what does he desire more than anything? For us to be with him. Sometimes I forget this principle right here that he teaches because I think it's sometimes about all doing. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do. But by spending time with him and being with him, he gives me my marching orders for the day. He gives me direction for the day. He, he lets me know who I need to pray for, who I need to encourage, who I need to text for the day by being with him. So we see the desire of his prayer. Lord, will you bless me and bless me indeed? Will you enlarge my coast? Will you enlarge my territory? And then notice what he says. The, the, the next statement that, that thine hand might be with me. That thy hand might be with me. Now, the hand of God, you know, we, we understand that he, there's a lot of things that he uses as metaphors, eyes, ears. It, we, know, we know that God does have eyes to see, ears to hear. And he does have hands. But the hand of God speaks of his power and his presence. The hand of God speaks of his power and his presence. How that God led the children of Israel out of Egypt with his hand. And we see, we see his hand and we see the power of his hand. How that he divided the Red Sea because here the children of Israel, they come to the Red Sea and it's like, God's brought them out of Egypt, and it's like, okay, the Red Sea's in front of them, and, and they have a mountain on one side and a mountain on the other side, and the Egyptian army is behind them, but God delivered them by his hand. Well, what does that mean? By his power. And we see his hand also because we see his hand in his presence because he says, I'm going to be with you. I, there's going to be a cloud by day. That's how you're going to know that I'm with you. And there's going to be a pillar of fire by night. So his hand would speak. It would speak of his power and it would speak of his presence. It would be the biblical term for God's power and presence in the lives of his people. So here's what Jabez is praying. God, I need your hand to be upon me. I need your power and your presence on my life. I need that. Not my power, because I'm pretty weak. But God, I need your power in my life. I need your presence in my life. That's what he's praying. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. So we see that in the children of Israel, how that 
how that God provided for him also. Have you seen the hand of God in your life and how he's provided? I was, every day he wants to do things that just, wow, wow. I want to see it every day. Then, then here's what we do. We go to the world and it's like, you wouldn't believe what God did for me. Well, you should have said, you should believe what God did for me, okay? You know what attracts people to the gospel is when we start praising him for what he's done for us. We don't necessarily have to preach this sermon to him, and that's okay to do. Take the gospel and share the gospel. But when we just start talking about the goodness of God, God did this and God did that, and, and, and he answered this prayer. And look at all that God's provided for us, and God's been good, amen? Yes. When we start talking about all the goodness of God. I was in southern Ohio getting ready to preach, and I only took one pair of dress shoes. And I get up Sunday morning, we're at a hotel, and I put my shoes on, and the heel falls off. And it's like, I'm telling you, super glue is not going to work at that time. Shoe glue is not going to work at that time because if you put it on, it's like, I'm going to be like, this is going to be very embarrassing. And then I go down to the lobby with my suit on with my tennis shoes. But I called. I sent a text message to the assistant pastor, and I said, uh, what size shoes do you wear? I sent him a picture of my shoes. Size 13. No way. It's not going to work. But the pastor, he said, he probably wears like nine and a half. And I think that's what he wears, nine and a half. It's like, man, that's too small. I've got one thirteen, one nine and a half, and I'm like 10 to 10 and a half. Okay, so it's like, uh, what am I going to do? So, but then he texts back. The pastor texts me back and says, I bought some shoes just here recently, and they're a little long for me. I'll bring them to the hotel. And he got there, and I tried them. He says, a perfect fit. And brand new, and I still have them today. He said, just go ahead and keep them. He wants to do those things all the time for us. I could have got frustrated about the hill. But, you know, it's like, okay, are you going to focus on some broken hill or are you going to focus on the gospel this morning? Let's focus on the gospel. So he prayed this prayer, Lord, that your hand would be with me. That your hand would be with me how we need to pray that prayer today. Joshua chapter 4, we know Joshua, a new leader, is leading the children of Israel. And, and notice what it says in Joshua 4, 24, that all the people of the earth, all the people of the earth, might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you might fear the Lord, your God, forever. That they might know that all the people what, what does it mean to fear the Lord? It means to reverence Him. It means to respect Him. Carrie and I shared this. We talked about the Word of God, and um, which you should, right? So I said, you know, another word for fear that God gave me, not only respect, reverence, to be in awe of God, is a realization of who God is. Realization. And then in the New Testament, we see that the hand of God was upon the early church. And what do we need to pray today? We need to pray that the hand of God would be upon our church. And then notice the last thing he prays. 
He prays, will you bless me indeed? Will you enlarge my coast, my territory? He prays that God's hand will be upon him. And then he says that you'll keep me from evil. Now the word there, keep, in the Hebrew shamar, means to guard or protect. So he, he's praying for God's power, presence, provision. Now he's praying for God's protection. Because Jabez is, okay, God's blessed him. We're going to see that here in just a minute, okay? Okay, God's enlarged his territory, his coast. His hand is upon him. Now he's a new territory. Now he's a target for the enemy. And he says, God, would you protect me? I need your protection. So we see the direction of his prayer. We see the desire of his prayer. But last of all, we see the delight of his prayer. Because notice what happened. He prayed this prayer. And God request, gave him request through his prayer. What does it say there? God, he answered his prayer. It says, God granted him that which he requested. God answered his prayer. And what's the message today? God wants to answer our prayer. What's the application today? God wants to do this here with us. Praying the prayer of Jabez, not just for ourselves, but for our families, for our church. I am going to start praying this prayer. God, that you, the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present one, the one who's alive, the one who hears, who sees, and who speaks, that you will bless us indeed that you will enlarge our influence here, that you, your hand will be upon us, that people will say, well, God's blessing because his hand is upon that place. His hand is upon that person. And God, that you will keep us from, from evil, the evil one, protect us. And then we can rejoice. Here's where our delight comes from. We have a God. Hope he's your God. We have a God that answers prayer. And he still answers prayer in 2023. And he still answers prayer in, on the south side of Indianapolis. And he still answers prayer for the people that's here. So let's just call out to God. And let's just ask God to do some big things. Let's pray this prayer. Let's pray this prayer every day. Let's do it for 30 days and see what God will do. And then when he starts doing these things, and he will, because we have to pray in faith, right? We're going to give him all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. God did that. That's one of my favorite sayings now. God did that. God did that. Amen?
God saved our children. God brought those prodigals. God did that. God did that. He wants to do some big things for us. Will you pray with us this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've done for us. We pray this prayer right now. We, we, we're coming to you, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the all-present one, God, the one that hears and sees and speaks. We're coming to you right now. God, asking you, Lord, to bless us indeed. And as I'm praying right now, Lord, maybe some people, they, they just want to step out right now and come and pray this prayer. God, they can pray it where they're at, but if they want to come and kneel, they want to come up here and sit, they can do that, Lord, and just they pray this prayer. Lord, will you bless us? Bless me. Bless my family. Bless this church. Enlarge our influence, Lord. Enlarge our territory. Give us, give us more opportunities. But help us to spend more time with you. And then, God, we, we pray today for your power and your presence. We pray this prayer for, for Travis, for Wendy. We pray this prayer for their family. We pray this prayer for the church, for your blessings. God, that you'll give us more, more of you. That we'll experience your power and presence in ways we haven't before. God, that you'll keep us from evil. We pray this prayer today in Jesus' name. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. There is, there's absolutely nothing, Lord, that you can't do. For with God, nothing is impossible. And we pray, Lord, that you will breathe your power and your presence upon this place and these people. Help us to be a place, Lord. It, it, it's, a, it's a great place, God. We have felt your presence here this morning. Uh, from Sunday school to worship, to the prayer, to the people. God, you are here, God. But we just pray that you will do some unusual things in this place. Thank you again for all that you've done for us. I pray, Lord, that today as I've prayed this prayer, that people will join me in praying this prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen.